Hi folks, buongiorno, and welcome to Everyone is a Coach, the new interview program by Coaching Deep Work. The concept is simple. In a world filled with gurus and coaches, I'm asking the exceptional, bright, and eccentric people I know about their blunt opinions on things like well-being, growth, career, and about coaching itself, buzzwords, and all the related nonsense. So remember, everyone is a coach. Let's kick this off by hanging out with a designer that moved their practice from the event industry to the corporate world to a unique set of private clients. Beth, Dara, and I talk about what she, as a designer, brings to the project, why design baits are an important tool to possess, and why one size does not fit all. Don't forget to check her creations at barnaclesignature.com. Andiamo. You and I now have worked together for for quite a bit it's gonna be it's gonna be yeah. our, our one year Months. anniversary soon That's no right. it's not is it oh my god well yeah i think we started we started almost a year ago it was already pandemic time flies time flies <laughs> and and you know through the projects i understood that you, you you have a complex background and and history and career stylist curator designer how would you sum that up to someone that doesn't know how do you would you introduce yourself it's a little bit of like inspired insanity i think because <laughs> <laughs> wait what do you mean <laughs> You know, I'm just, I think over the course of my whole life, not just, you know, my working career, it's just been, I think, a bit of what's interesting and what intrigues me and then how I play that into sort of daily life, which is, you know, hectic and a lot of times unexpected. And the, the idea of really scheduling oneself <laughs> It's something that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. I mean, I can see the beauty of it. I just don't know how it actually works. So you started as a stylist, and you were you, you weren't a friend of like scheduling or organizing. No, I mean, I, like I said, I get it, and I think if it works, it's probably a beautiful thing. But just the way that my life has kind of unfolded, it's a lot of kind of these uh, special moments in a way, or these sort of coincidences, or uh, these little intuitive gleans uh, to like take another look at something, or pay attention to this, or dive deeper into whatever it is and that has really been the course of my whole career and my life sure i've had goals about what i wanted to accomplish in the big picture but i wouldn't say it has been very directed like de like deliberate very less than deliberate yes i see i see i see you know and it's also interesting to me that you've worked as a creative and a designer for commercial clients that span from corporate to fashion how did you manage to like swing between like a client that is so corporate and your other clients that are more event oriented or enter Yeah, I think the main thing is uh, just belief in self and belief in either the visual or the idea or the story that I'm creating to tell the client. Because a lot of times that's what it is. It's sort of imagining this world. Does somebody live in it? Does somebody flow through it? Like, what mm -hmm. is it that everybody can kind of wrap their heads around? And I think I'm a good storyteller. Oh, and I see. on both ends of that scale, whether it's super corporate or 
super creative people, they want that. They want that sort of inspiration and they want the vision. It's just, it's tough sometimes for people to get there, but mm -hmm. if you can tell the right story and be the right guide, it's easier for everybody to get on board. And that's, I think if anything has worked well for me over the years, it's that. And look, part of it is selling. You know, you're selling yourself, you're selling your ideas, you're selling your team's ideas. That sort of directed, intense. I mean, you have mm -hmm. to really go in saying, this is the idea. Not, yeah, okay, this, well, this is, is kind of the idea. <laughs> right? You take the lead. My thing is, you make a decision. If you need to make another decision, you make it. And you continue to make the decisions until you get the end result that you're looking for. The fact, I can totally see you being like the lead and the project that we've been both involved in, like with people that have limited, for example, vision or limited storytelling abilities, you, you're behind the wheel and you tell them, this is what we're doing. This looks good. What you're doing it, does not look good. <laughs> right. And this looks good because, right. like, I think that because portion of it is just key because what I've noticed over the years in work is that people will come in a lot of times at the very end and you know they they want to put their fingerprint on it their thumbprint sure but at that point it starts to devolve because I think if you design well and I mean in any way shape or form anything in design everything sort of informs everything else so you start taking one element out then everything else starts to get a little off kilter right so I'm very much about looking at it as a whole it's an entity like when we're creating and this project that you and I have been working on so diligently we've created something there that these like people for, a, for an office or an interior design for a showroom or other things. But yeah, yeah. It's like you're in command of the, like, I remember the first time we looked at a plan for our first project, it was it was empty. There was this like open right. space and we started to move so awesome. around. <laughs> <laughs> is it? I don't know. It, it is for me. Like, no, I, I, it was the first time that I worked with you and I was curious to see how that relationship was going to evolve and it started as a white canvas, like physically. And also there was no particular direction from the client. There was like a floor plan or a space that didn't make sense. And I remember yeah. you ranting about all the negatives. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is unbelievable. Oh no, yes, it's true. <laughs> Well, there's, yeah. there's definitely a little bit of that. Like, Well, there's limitations on every job. You know, I, I can't say, well, maybe I can. There have been a couple of jobs where I've had complete control top to bottom, and that's awesome. You know, and yeah. I think if you're my type of personality, that is your best case because you're just going to hit a home run or you're going to come damn close to doing right. it. But when you have... You know, we got a floor plan, right, that I don't think was particularly inspired, shall we say. Yeah. Um, but I think that we've made it inspired. And I just had an interesting phone call, which I wanted to tell you about. So one of the principals of the company called and he said, you know, basically, can we add more wallpaper? Can we add more color? Mm -hmm. into the space and I was like uh what <laughs> sure <laughs> where are you talking about so I think what's happened is they've they've been looking at this for 
you know, a couple of weeks now, I think solid. And I was really intrigued by the idea that they, that introducing more of it, not less, was the direction that they were headed. Yeah, that, yeah. Very yeah. unexpected and, and kind of, oh, you, can, you can tell I, them like, guys, about time that you understood that. But. <laughs> <laughs> At the same I, time, it's good. They, they kind of like received it. Oh, they did. They absolutely did receive it. And I wasn't even going to head down the, those particular roads. I thought, okay, look, if we get this, what we've already done through, it's going to be great. And when he brought up expanding that some more, I thought, oh, how exciting for... So what they were asked for is like in the private offices to make those more special for people. And part of me says, well, you should have thought of that from the beginning. But I, I guess what I did is I was really focused on the bigger elements. But, you know, listen, all these people, that's what they're going to do mm -hmm. all day is they're going to look at these things. But also you, you did a, a good job and or we did a good job. If, well, I can pat myself in the back. Yes, bit. you can. <laughs> yes, no, but like sure. the, the process of giving some people baits is very interesting to me in the design and in the extraneous people accepting what you're doing. You don't go full on with a layer cake of 75 colors and swatches and right. and, and carpet samples. <laughs> the confetti and, cake. Yeah, right. the confetti cake with <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna shut their computer down and run, you know. But you kind of you kind of give them the bait of what some offices could be or what some spaces. Probably they some of them thought, oh, I, I want that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're I think you're a hundred percent right. And yeah, I I loved it. I mean, it kind of made my day. Actually, that's what you want. You want the involvement where, especially the principals are saying, hey, add more. No, absolutely, and that's that's really that's really amazing but in the sense that also to link it to what you were saying before you are sort of the gatekeeper of the big picture and this this organism that's been designed and you are the gatekeeper of what inputs go into the, the design process in this case it was a very positive input but sometimes there's instances in which like people just want to put their fingerprint as you said so oh. you're, you're actually the yeah. owner of that process in saying yes or no or over my dead body <laughs> <laughs> which i've said all of those things at of some course. point in my career <laughs> of course well let's get to let's get to like the well-being part of your life. And what I like about your presence on Instagram is you have mentioned the word well-being, but without being overt, well-being, is that the fil rouge? Is that the element that connects the things that you do? I think it is. And I think that, you know, it's a process and it's a practice, right? And you know, like everything you practice from the time you're a little kid, tying your shoes, coloring, whatever it is. And as you get older, you know, that toolbox becomes bigger, but it's all practice. And I think over the past probably 15 to 20 years, which is a little bit more than, or a little less than half of my life so far, I've just really tried to tune into the things that make me feel good. Sure. And it's not about stuff, but it's it's even deeper than that. I find right now that people are attached to ideas, mm -hmm. but they don't really understand what those ideas mean. Sure. You know, it's there's like a value attached to well-being, but 
how how am I actually getting to that? How am I getting mm -hmm. to some place that's centered or that feels good or that you can acknowledge or or be or show gratitude for your life and how you live it? Those are those are very different things. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, we also talked in the past about the relationship between what you're saying now and what happened like for past generation, you know, yeah. of people that lived within their means and right. lived in a certain way and were probably more balanced and and now the situation it has shifted dramatically into another direction maybe what you're saying about people giving value to things what's what is the difference now in relationship to well-being it's about how things look mm -hmm. it's not about how things feel and it's certainly not about the effort the effort to get through your life is the foundation for everything yeah. it's how what you put out there how deep are you willing to go right it's not about how easy it was or if somebody facilitated Absolutely. facilitated it it's it's a personal journey right and i think being in tune with nature being in tune with children being in tune with animals with your pets those kinds of things i mean that's literally what helps shape right. your understanding of the world And I think, like in my parents' generation, sure. I mean, my dad did very well in his career. He worked his ass off, and sure that was did. a given. I mean, it wasn't like, oh well, I don't want to do this now, or I. I mean, you know, he he blew it out of the park, and he really did it for himself to say, I I accomplished this. And I think, unfortunately, yeah, I think a lot of young people now don't really understand that. Like, sure. it's all of it is hard work. I'm sorry to inform everybody, but none of this is easy, nor should it be. It wasn't designed to be easy. No, 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 absolutely. And that's what, as a, a non-American person, looking at American people from that perspective brings to mind great work ethics. But what do you think the relationship is between that and the fact that people have that ethical commitment to work and to hard work, but sometimes that brings people away from well-being. Sometimes work can kill you or that it can really take a, a super heavy toll on your life. I think it does. And I think maybe what this pandemic has proven to some people is that less is actually more. You know, the idea of filling every minute of every day with some sort of you know, obsession, whether it's work or gym or sure. whatever, you know, whatever it is for people. You know, this last year was really about sort of settling in. The, the lack of control was astounding. Right. So it was almost like, okay, let's just see, like, let it be because there's, there's no way to manage it. And I'm hoping for everybody really that that sort of idea of quiet moments, yeah. yes, they certainly can be uncomfortable but there's real learning in there there's there's information in quiet yeah. that i think you know even for kids these days i mean with phones and ipads and everything else every moment is filled with something yeah that's that's interesting especially coming from the entertainment industry the event industry as a place where you never stop in new york city right. where 
we that's why we chose it. that's why we choose it exactly it's yeah. it's it's the industry that never slept all year round and that forged our lives and it was a good thing and it was it brought in our lives many amazing connections and incredible projects at the same time with the pandemic i felt that people paid more attention to for example their homes and their space and the fact that all of a sudden their homes are odd and small and give them anxiety. I talk to my to my clients. They're telling me one way or another that their routine now is part of the, the problem. But I guess my question would be to your clients. So in that small space, you know, is there is there peace? Can they find it? Because I don't think it's about how big something is. I think it's right. about how comfortable you are there. And in New York City, I think probably the 12 million people who call it home have had mm -hmm. a real issue with that because you didn't have to confront anything. Hey, I've got 10 minutes. I want to be entertained. Yeah, or yeah, or I'll go to dinner. Or, and exactly. A show. I'm going to go to a bar. I'm just going to walk down the street. I mean, that's entertainment in and of itself, right? I mean, it is just 24-7 that. And right. it came to a screeching halt. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people left the city for all the usual reasons. But, you know, the real question is, is within that, can you appreciate it on a different level? Yeah, like on a, on a personal level, now that you're spending all your time in spaces that were not designed or that you didn't design to spend time in because <laughs> you gave value to, for example, <laughs> accumulating things that you don't need or using your home as like a storage for a way station, a way station or clothes in the, in the, in the closet or on the racks that you're going to wear wherever you go. And now you're not using them anymore. So the, relationship to well-being is completely shifted to sort of like a mental clutter that is also physical clutter. I think you're 100% right. I mean, we've, John, um, my husband just had some friends over recently. It was just a little boys night, just two other friends of his. And our apartment is uh, just, I mean, it is decked, like everything. Every surface has been designed and painted and well, whatever, you name it, it's there. It's, Art, it's, I'm it's not surprised. Thing. Yeah, it's it's off the wall. One of the, the gentlemen that came was just like, I love this apartment so much. It's my favorite place in the city. And this is somebody who is a restaurateur, who is a mixologist, who mm -hmm. is pretty much knows everybody and anybody. And he's talking about, you know, our small apartment. And I think what it is, is that it is home. Like, right. it feels like people live there. There are personal objects everything was chosen or has a story yes. to whether it was travel whatever and that was always something that it was important to me that when i walked into my place that it reflected me yeah and that had the possibility to have people over some some yes. spaces in new york don't have that quality i mean our listen our apartment is probably 550 square feet, 600 square feet. It's tiny. We've yeah. had up to 40 people there for parties. Oof. And yeah, but I mean, it's, oh my gosh, we're having such a grand time. It's so much fun because people, look, people love to congregate or they used to. <laughs> I'm not sure. sure anymore. But yeah, I think it was that same feeling. Like there's a story 
again, I'm just going to go back to that. There's a story in that apartment, and it's the story of my husband and myself sure. and what we love. And I think people, they, you get it. When, I mean, I think every space, when you walk into it, should have a feeling attached to it. Yes, um, yes. You know, I, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily true. A lot of times for city dwellers, they just haven't spent the money. They're spending it on other things. It's a rental, yeah. I, whatever the issues are. Um, but it's not a space that they, right, that they can say, I, I want to go home because that's my base. Absolutely. And and having been to your place, one can say, well, I don't probably agree with 100% of the choices that you've made but i can mm -hmm. see that every object you put there because you saw it you bought it or you designed it and so there's a you can see that there's a reason even if you think like wow yeah i wouldn't have chosen that but it's unusual it's interesting it's there for a reason so i definitely recognized that when i when i was uh your your guest look i look at magazines all the time too and i you know study television shows movies i mean i'm i'm so interested in set design and locations and things like that it's all in the mix it thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's your is it not your one-liner it's all in the mix it's totally all in the mix everything is all in the mix like i i don't compartmentalize my life i want everything that i look at to be beautiful doesn't yeah. mean it's expensive that's not it at all it's just that there's beauty in it whether it's something from a garden or something that i picked up i mean i've picked up things on the street in new york and made them central to my apartment it's just being open to these little sort of objects and then finding their home and that's what makes it you that's what makes it special that's what makes it comfortable that's what makes it that's to me that's well-being yeah i was about to say like when you achieve that 360 experience of balance and beauty and comfort function, function comfort yes. exactly that's where you're at i remember that we were chatting about other people that will just live all their life with some horrendous lighting in your rooms like your room is fine but then you leave like a, a light bulb that is just cast, <laughs> exposed like a, yeah exposed or a, like a neon thing and you're like wow this is this changes the whole experience but some people are they tolerate that very much I think they just don't know they don't know the potential of doing that little change lighting is massive yeah i mean it's like shoes i think to uh what people are wearing you know maybe they they don't get the most acclaim but wow i mean that really either finishes something or ruins something and right. lighting is the same way i mean lighting it's so important This is Lorenzo at Coaching Deep Work. I help event producers, executives, and creatives organize the schedule of their professional life. Do you want to increase your productivity, improve your organizational skills, or just design a better work-life balance? Contact me at coachingdeepwork at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's coachingdeepwork, as one word, at gmail.com. In this 
experience that you've had all your life in being successful with what you do and being a stylist and being creative, a designer. Of course, you. I'm sure you recognize things in the well-being, wannabe gurus world that we all see on the internet or elsewhere that you you would like to stay away from things that you see as as wrong or that you want to i think that it's the idea of one size fits all i see it it doesn't and i think that people are unfortunately like so malleable about okay well this is hot or i should look like this or i should have my hair like that or my living room should be from this store or whatever it's I don't know, to me it's that's like that is suffocating. You know, you are an individual soul. You are here for a purpose. I don't know what everybody's purpose is. I'm still trying to figure out my own. But what I do know is that I really can't dance to somebody else's drumbeat. I need to dance to my own. I like that. That doesn't mean that I don't appreciate all of those things and there are certainly elements in the design world, period, that yes, I, I would love to introduce into my own world or into a yeah. client's world but you know it's timing right you have to it's the right project it's the it's the right client it's the right price point it's the there's all of these elements but when they come together you know it and then that's when that particular thing gets to come forward i like that very much like the awareness of like it can't be one size fits all i, I like that very much I think it's part of, it's part of contemporary subculture and it's something that across the board is something to at least be aware of that there are no off the shelves solutions. No, there's not. I mean, at my ripe old age now, what I've realized, you know, you, you think you have answers for other people over the years, whoever they may be, whether it's family or friends or colleagues, whatever. But at the end of the day, none of us will really understand what's happening to them now, what's happened to them in the past, what, what really serves them, what informs yeah. their decisions in the world. So, I mean, from my perspective, I really try to take people at where they're at. And that's cool because no, there's no one to say that it's wrong or nobody should say right. that it's wrong. But the idea that you foster back to it's all in the mix, right? That's what I think makes a really sort of enchanting life. When it's, when it's not stayed, not expected, where, yeah, the fact that you have a big nose, let's say, right, is... Yeah. is celebrated because it was in your family and because that informs generations before you. Yeah. I think everybody trying to look the same or it takes away so much of what's naturally beautiful. Like It's almost like hiding your pheromones because you want to put on cologne. Right. I mean, you know, you don't look at something in nature and say, oh, well, you know, we can perfect that. Ah, no, really we can't. <laughs> you know? We're, we're trying, but we're... We're, we're discovering the dire consequences. <laughs> Correct. You're exactly right. I mean, you, you know, the idea of beauty has gotten, unfortunately, it's contracted into something that is unattainable. And the things that, you know, curly hair, straight hair, blue eyes, green eyes, brown eyes, hazel eyes, like all of these things that used to be so sort of dynamic mm -hmm. uh, to a family are now sort of looked upon as problematic yeah you, you need to be flat you need to be it's it's your ultra enemy the gray color in interior architecture oh our favorite design. 
<laughs> well, thank you for sharing this. I, I think that's a, that, that was a great way to sort of like end up this quick interview. Before, before we let you go, uh, what are the words from the English vocabulary that you would like to be erased and not used anymore? What makes you, what, what are those, those terms? <sighs> okay, well, epic. <laughs> <laughs> epic. Let's start with epic. Okay. Um, what there makes are... you hate that expression? Because again, it's it's something that um, used in a way that it is. I, I think it sort of bastardized what epic really means. I mean, an epic now, when I see it, when people say it, um, I feel like it's also like a badge, like I've done that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was. I've arrived. Epic. Correct. Right. All right. That's on my bucket list. Epic done. <laughs> But. I mean, those kinds of experiences, I think, are, are life-changing. Mm -hmm. There are few. They're very rare. They, 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 I think they're supposed to be. <laughs> But there are not anymore. Every day there's... <laughs> Every day it's epic. Right. I stepped off the sidewalk. Epic. You know, it's... Time to wrap up this episode. Certo, certo. Soon there will be more interviews with stimulating and amusing people from the entertainment industry and beyond. So remember, everyone is a coach. Don't forget to also check out our website, ctacoaches.com slash coachingdeepwork. Ciao, ciao.